good health is priceless. It's no wonder so many black people are suffering from high blood pressure. You people are killing yourselves, gobbling down fat back, ham, hogs, pigs, feet. You may not know it, but there's been a shortage of caviar in the ghetto. We buy what is cheapest. Now, you may be talking health, but in this neighborhood, you're talking survival. Welcome to the Hood Health Podcast, where we talk about the hood, health, and every point in between. Peace, everybody. We're back with another episode of the Hood Health Handbook. I'm one of your hosts. Yo, what up? You know, <laughs> life here. And I got my, my sister on the other coast, you know. And um, we about to get into uh, it about food insecurity. You know, um, you know, we just came off of, uh, I say we just came off the Hunger Games. You know, the way that the, uh, the government was on lockdown for a minute, you know, <laughs> being held hostage by old 45, you know, it definitely reminded me of the Hunger Games because for a lot of people, it got real. For a lot of people, it's been real, you know. Yeah. We don't want to act like this is just something that popped up because he did the, the government lockdown. Um, but it definitely brought, um, you know, a light, you know. Yes. Kind of light. Yeah. I like this issue for sure. You know, um, and you know, I don't know your personal experience, but you know, my personal experience, definitely growing up in the hood. You know, there was definitely times where um, we were dealing with food scarcity. You know, where like we look at the meal on the table, and it's like it's a very very simple meal. You know, and um, yeah. you know, being little, you know, it it just was part of you know, life for us, you know, at certain points. Yeah, I mean, you think it's normal until you you grow up and you're like, oh, wait, that was, that's not normal? Like, oh, wait, oh, like, then you start to realize and you right. connect the dots, you know? Right, there were times, this is, this is one crazy thing I remember, like, there were times that my father wouldn't eat, right? And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, like, okay, he's not eating. No, he's not eating so there could be enough food for all of us to eat. Right. And yeah. that blew my mind when I realized it, you know, later on. Or like, I remember one time, and it's crazy to think of this now because, you know, I'm freaking, I got a plant-based diet and everything going on. But like, I remember one time we had like bacon for like the whole week. You know, like, we had like bacon sandwiches and I was also, <laughs> I was like, hey, you gotta make it stretch. You gotta make it in different forms. Gotta, right. you know, that's hella real. Fine, because I was like, oh, wait, that junk was hella cheap, right? Oh, that's why we were eating that shit. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? But, you know, it, it was crazy to see, you know, how, um, like I said, the government shutting down, like literally becoming like the Hunger Games, like people starting to really, really think and shine a light on this, um, to really, really think about how fragile you know, our food system is on, on many levels, you know, yeah. you know, um, and that also in this research to, to point it to, and I'll probably po- post it, um, when I make the post for, um, this blog that, you know, the growth and development of children is dependent upon proper nutrition, 
you know and so if they're not getting that, the right food when they're growing and developing there's going to be problems with their you know with developing the cognitive you know facilities you know what i'm saying so we're dealing with you know black and brown children who are not who even now aren't getting the right nutritional kind of profile and being affected by it consistently you know yeah exactly i mean that's and they i mean it's sad but you know that's part of how they keep um people in this cycle though you know what i mean i mean that's why there's so many fast food chains in hoods you know there's hardly any real quality grocery stores um in low-income neighborhoods you know and that's why it's really beautiful to see all the urban farm like the urban farm movement that's been happening um i think that's giving you know like empowerment back and that's the solution that we need to focus on basically is growing, you know, learning how to grow our own food and be connected to land um, in that way. So you're not dependent on a system. You're not dependent on having to go to the grocery stores for everything, um, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. What's crazy is, is that when you look at the history of the country, you know, the agricultural industry of the country, the foundation is black and brown people. You know what I'm saying? Meaning that the people who brought the skills the people who are actually the labor for it were black and brown people, right. you know? Right. And, and so like, we're really just getting back to what we've been, you know, doing all along. You know, I always shout out so far farm. Um, Cause that's what I do. Um, and <laughs> you know, Leah, Leah Pedalman, one of the uh, co-owners of so far farm, she just came up with this book called farming wild black, black wild black, um, hmm. which goes all into the history in terms of, you know, agriculture in the United States and how it was disenfranchised for black and brown people. Um, and I think that's important because, like you said, you know, growing our own and having more access to the land and having more access to uh, growing our own food is, you know, definitely one of the directions we need to be moving in. Yet, you know, also to understand, like, yo, this is our shit. Like, we're the ones who basically founded the, in the, the the agricultural foundation of this country and we were disenfranchised mm-hmm. or like taken from us. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and so like, it's important. So when I, for instance, the hood I grew up in, um, Ville, you know, black neighborhood, when I grew up, you know, literally almost every family had some type of garden in their backyard, you know? Um, wow, that's dope. That, I, mean, I, never, I didn't really see that in my head. <laughs> it was crazy you know what I'm saying but you know um, you have to understand also that a lot of these families that moved into New England so New England Connecticut had like two phases so like even though blacks were brought here during you know slavery after the Civil War a lot of the the blacks that were brought here during slavery um, went north into Canada right so this of the second phase of blacks who are in New Haven, I and mean, basically a lot of uh, lower New England, you know, came after the Civil War. You know, mm. so they came from the South. So they, they, you know, a lot of them came from sharecropping and, and had those kind of skill sets that they brought. Right, up. right. You know, so it was crazy. Like I remember this, the late my, you know, in, in our backyard, we were growing like cabbage and tomatoes and stuff like that. And I remember the lady across the street. She had grapes on her her fence in the backyard, and my mm-hmm. mother would get grapes from her and make homemade jelly. You know, 
and it was it was incredible and that's also another phase because in that neighborhood before blacks were in there italians lived there so those grapes mm-hmm. were from when the italians lived there you know what i'm saying well, but yeah. it, but that all ended with crack came when crack mm-hmm. came it like literally like destroyed my neighborhood um and like all those skills and all those farms just fell into disuse you know and now there's the big movement wow. now to, to to reinvigorate them and everything but it's important to realize that yo like they were there you know or like even in places where they weren't that a lot of the people who are in these areas meaning black and brown people move into these neighborhoods that somewhere within their family if not them themselves have some type of agricultural skill for sure i mean yeah our ancestors totally you know that that's where we came from and that's where where we have to really find our connection back to you know cuz nature the environment we have to live in balance with that you know and i think for me that's the most heartbreaking part about like um you know uh, certain generations getting caught up with technology and phones and all of that you know because then we forget our connection to the land mm-hmm. and it's so intertwined with our food and what we eat every single day right you know? right no definitely i always tell people um one of the workshops I do is a, 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 a what's called a, a I call it a zombie food workshop, and uh, I, I basically say, "Yo, after the zombie apocalypse, what you going to eat?" You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, "Yeah, it looks nice on television." You know what I'm saying? You know when they're showing these shows and stuff. You know, but first of all, there's only going to be so much canned food left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When it goes mm-hmm. down, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to really know the essential ways, you know, to survive. So these workshops, what I do is I, I teach different um, different levels of foraging, you know, recognizing the food oh. that's right around you. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we're literally the only organism on the planet that doesn't recognize the food that we eat in its natural yeah. form. Like we right, can be walking right, right. past like, you know, some type of leafy green, like dandelion greens, and not realize like, yo, yeah. it's edible. You know, you would die. You would literally die because you're like, oh, I can't get to the grocery store. But you, you like literally die like in a pile of like (laughs) something that you can eat. You know? Yeah. Um, I teach fermenting. You know how to ferment food so that it lasts and stuff like that. Um, and you know how to use certain herbs and stuff like that. I think I took a fermenting workshop before. It was pretty cool. Oh, we did like the mason jars, and I think we like what did we do? I forget what it was pickled something yeah, but yeah. Is, 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 is another great level because not only are you preserving food many times you're capturing and enhancing a certain um, nutritional profile and so mm-hmm. like a lot of those nutrients that you very nutrient dense yeah right you know like it's necessary like even even you know outside of the fermenting workshop like definitely people should add more fermented foods in their diet because it's good to get a lot yeah, of Yeah, I, I, that's the one part that I usually forget. Like, I'm really good about the veggies and the fruit and whole grains and, you know, but yeah, the, the fermented. Uh, well, I, lately, I, I really like the kombucha drink, so, right? Oh, and that yeah. counts as fermentation, yeah. right? And it has a lot of, yeah. like, um, prebiotics, good gut bacteria. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I really have increased my intake of those. I need to. I, I I experimented with creating kombucha, but I want to experiment more to 
to kind of get you know my own my own flavor profiles and stuff but that's another great mm-hmm. thing the great thing about kombucha you know as a fermented food is that you just need the scooby you know you just need the yeah yeah the, my my one of my coworkers, um yeah and totally knows how to do it and yeah i want to i want to get that from her so that i can start my own yeah you just and, need a dark a dark place and you, you got it you know yeah. you can get on it you know? yeah it's so interesting yeah. how nature is it's such a fascinating process yeah I mean those are answers that we need to get you know plugged back into um, let's take a break come back and um, speak of some other things that people can do you know during the Hunger Games time to, uh, to definitely like increase less dependence or see some other alternatives in terms of you know, bringing food to the table. All right? Yes, alternatives. We're back once again, talking that talk, you know, about what we do. You know, um, we were talking literally about the the nature angle, which is an important angle, and which is why I definitely advocate. Um, There are other things that are out there for people who are impacted right away that I feel like some people may know about, but, you know, everybody may not know about. Like, for instance, like the food pantry, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, that's a resource that you know, even if you're not, even if you're going through hard times, it needs to be something that you, you know, look into, even if, you know, you only go through hard times the first time in your life, you know, a food pantry just isn't for someone who was consistently, you know, dealing with food issues It's for when you, you know, the time when you lose your job or, you know, yeah, yeah. just aren't stretched in the right way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like, just have a local food pantry for sure. Right. You know, and then also like, you know, I know that uh, depending on where you are, the demographics might be different, you know, for accessibility of, of, of farmers markets. But if you have access to a farmers market, many of them take, you know, food stamps. Um, I used to work for a program called mm-hmm. City Seed, and we did like a mobile food market. So like I would go to the mm-hmm. food market. In like, and I have like a like a trailer connected to the truck and I would, you know, pick up certain foods and then I would bring that trailer into different different hoods, you know, mm. and then you could buy okay. fresh food and stuff. And what was good about that is that we had double snap points. So like, mm. you know, if you had like $20 worth of food stamps, you could buy $40 worth of stuff off the food okay. You know, huh. um, yeah, so a lot of these programs on the low are out there, but a lot of them are not, yeah. they're not, uh, what's the word, not being promoted, or, you know, Very people much. get ashamed, you know, by them. I'm like, listen, we all take advantage. Yeah, yeah, you gotta take advantage of just all the opportunities and resources out there. They're, they're there for a reason. I mean, they're resources, they're community resources, you know, and 
I mean, fact of the matter is, if our, if our system wasn't as imbalanced as it is, we wouldn't have a need for these resources. I mean, one yeah. of my, you know, one of the things I hate the most, because I worked a lot, you know, as a, as a waitress, as a host, as now I'm a suite attendant at Levi's Stadium, and my, the worst part of my job is throwing away a lot of the food, you know, that sometimes yes. it hardly gets touched, you know what I mean? Yep. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not a problem of whether we can or we we have the, we have enough resources the resources are out there it's just how are they being you know used and um di- you know equally distributed there which they're not and that's the problem you know it's it's and it's sad i mean in 2019 we shouldn't have people starving in the world you know right. we, you think about the contrast we have you know such high advanced technology and yet there's still people that are starving and homeless you know it doesn't make any type of sense and nope Nope. it's just something that's so basic and that you know if people really just you know that's why again it's like really you know it's an internal and an external shift right and I think once we become more empowered to grow our own food and, and grow these networks of you know kind of demanding that we you know come back to like a local way of managing food systems then um it's not going to change you know and yeah it's going to take a long time um but that's part of you know where the patient that's where the patience comes in and for me that that is a hard one I'm a very impatient person I've gotten better over the years but you know especially when you can when you can see the potential of what, what where humanity could be and the reality of where we are mm-hmm. it's really hard you know to be patient um but you know we do have to train our mind to just keep looking at the positives right right it's, it, i think it's a, a twofold thing because patience without works you know it's mm-hmm. just it's mm-hmm. just on one level being lazy and just kind of like you know right dream world i think you know being patient and and being intentional with our patients like yeah guiding ourselves where we want to go so that even while you're being patient steps are being made in that direction you know and i think you you hit it spot on in terms of just like you know it's about re-envisioning um the whole food system you know it's more so than just like lack of food because we have the potential that no one ever has to be hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason. You know, um, food waste is one of the, the largest, you know, um, means of, of waste within the United States right now. And it's crazy because, so when I grew up, I belonged to this church that has churches all over the United States. And um, back at the turn of the century, they bought two big, huge plots of land, like they have huge farmland. They're like almost like micro cities, you know. Um, so one that I used to go to growing up is on the East Coast in Baltimore, Maryland, near Baltimore, Maryland. And I remember they have like a huge church there and like several buildings on the land and stuff, like dorms and stuff and everything. Um, so I remember getting there early one year, um, before like a big convention or whatever, and I was helping like the farm staff there. And mm-hmm. I remember throwing going to throw away garbage, right? Like in a tractor, right? A big tractor, yeah. A whole bunch of garbage and like in the in the shovel part. In my mind, I'm like, "Where y'all bring this garbage to?" Right? Yo, Mm -hmm. a landfill, right? Yeah. Yo, 
it was the nastiest thing. I, first of all, I saw the biggest rat I ever saw in my life in that landfill. Oh, um, but yeah, so like literally, so the landfill is being filled with food, plastics, and all stuff, and literally would just be covered up. You know, oh, what I'm it's such a it's such it's such a crazy concept, right? The first time I learned about landfills, I do remember just being shocked, you know, and just being like, "What the fuck?" Like, how is this? And then when you think about, I mean, I, you know, one time I was in Brazil and I literally saw a sewage pipe being poured out into the ocean. Like that was pretty disgusting, and I, I was just like wow like it's just the total disregard for you know what the what the consequences of this are is just you know it's mind-boggling or like you remember one time coming across um these images of like what these the the byproduct of like what computer chips um and like all these like i don't know you know electronic gadgets i don't even know what to call all these microchips and stuff but it's like black tar it's like crazy it creates mass pools of just like this black tar that's just toxic and it's just you have this whole area now that can't even it's not even livable and habitable you like it's just a toxic mud i mean uh, you know whatever right gob yeah and, and and all those things are issues like like i said even though we're dealing with the issues of food scarce, scarcity um and food insecurity and food apartheid you know as like the media in the face issues you know what we have to also deal with those issues of terms that are out of sight out of mind issues so like managing food is, is everything so it's not it's 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 not just the food that's on your table it's like what does it take to get the food on your table from the farm to your table what is every step that it goes through so i always tell people like you have to acknowledge you know like you know it's a human rights issue when you know people are freaking working on farms in california migrant workers you know when it's you know the fires are happening when it's cold you know what i'm saying like that's a human rights issue you know so i want to also you know in the long term make sure that the food that gets to my table it gets to there as humanely as possible you know mm-hmm. um, and then also the other end like you know getting rid of food and food waste you know like the impact that it's going to have not just you know right now but for future generations like all of that is part of the whole the whole pie that you know um, I definitely you know want to in the long term deal, deal with and all that has to deal with you know like really really engaging these food systems you know, back to as basic a level as locally as we can, and also use a lot of a lot of techniques that you know our ancestors did because our ans- our ancestors definitely were conscious in terms of sustainability. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They weren't about just like yo consumer, 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 destroy, 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 and not worry about you know what was going to be left for future generations. You know, and so like that's definitely something that you know we need to to keep. You know foremost as we like redesign the system you know but urban gardening is like i said is like you said it's key yo like whether it's the inner city gardening whether it's the black and brown farms that are owned and you know are focusing on on getting those um those foods to our people whether it's just like yo 
like growing something in your own damn house. You know what I'm saying? Like you can grow a couple of herbs inside your apartment, do that shit. Exactly. Yeah, the, the herbs are probably one of the most simple ones and those are the ones I plan to do first because I've learned about that ones and the using like the kind of like the box plants. If you have a little area in the backyard or you know, you could still grow like little tomatoes or um yeah, there's little, you know, different ones that are more don't take as much space. Right. Don't require, you know, as much. And those and a lot of those herbs and stuff, you know, as a herbalist in training, um, a lot of those <laughs> nice. you know, are uh you know, uh, for those who don't know, I'm taking a, a two and a half year herbal immersion program that's kicking my butt in a good way. Um, in a great way. But, you know, a lot of those things are, uh, are uh, once again, nutrient dense, but those also are medicines. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So having access, immediate access to those medicines is important. Like, for example, cilantro is... is um, I love cilantro. Cilantro is so good for cleaning out heavy metals out the body. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm so, so it's great because a lot of that head fog that people get and stuff, you know, this is stuff, this is like a modern disease that our ancestors didn't have to deal with, but mm. we still have the medicine from it from our ancestors to deal with it even in these modern times. So, like, if you any, I always tell anybody, you know, there's certain herbs that clean cilantro being one of the main ones, you know, there's certain herbs that you should be taking semi-regular anyway because no matter how healthy your diet is there are specific environmental racist toxins that no matter where you are are just around you you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like the air is fucked up no matter where you yeah. are you know what I'm saying? The yeah, water has, yeah. so up. everything i mean it's sad but to think about but it's really true i mean our air is polluted our water is polluted our our food, you know, our soil is polluted. So yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a cycle that doesn't discriminate. We're all affected by it, you know. Right, and right. it's it's just it's such a cycle. It's an invisible web that you know, unless we train ourselves to become aware and like you know, I don't know. I like I love that saying with that quote that um, you know, have a global think globally, act locally. Yes. Yes. You know, I really like that. I feel like that really, you know, encompasses what we sh- what our what our motto or con- what the concept should be of that when we try to think about how we, you know, work together. Right. It's important too because it it gives you a plan of action, you know, which is doable. You know what I'm saying in terms of locally, but it also makes sure that you're plugged into that that local actions you know that those actions are plugged into the greater whole you know what i'm saying yeah, um and great exactly. change and everything and i think that that's also another viewpoint that we need to hold on to and definitely you know um embrace because like you say you know patience can be a hard thing you know and sometimes you're just like yo this shit ain't changing you know nothing's changing and you know why do i do this and you get frustrated and stuff mm-hmm, like that but mm-hmm. you know make sure you're able to reference back and kind of plug yourself into understanding that yo, you, you change lives you change things with each of the little steps you know yeah. that you make a lot of little steps make a big step you know exactly yeah i mean that's that's where you got yeah we do got to remind ourselves you know of the progress we have made and you know the yeah just it does nothing happens overnight <laughs> 
for now. Let's take another break, but when, I want to do one more. Uh, I want to do one more because I remember when we were first talking about this this um, topic, you said you had a couple of uh, documentaries that could plug into this. So I want to let yes. people know what those are. All right? Yes, so definitely. I'll come back with that. All right? my um netflix because they're on my list <laughs> right all right that's no thing yeah um i you know i've jokingly kept referring you know to parts of this episode you know as, as the hunger games you know but it's kind of like an app metaphor in terms of just like you know when government when you give government you know total power over certain aspects of your life then they have the ability to fuck up your shit mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um and you know it's crazy that you know literally a lot of things that go on nowadays is things that i only grew up watching in sci-fi movies and stuff and that junk is reality right today. you know <laughs> reality right you know so true yeah it's so scary no but yeah this uh, like i said i'm gonna um definitely add you know these resources to the post um once we have the podcast up. So by the time y'all are listening to, you know, this podcast, there'll be a post attached to it that'll have, you know, a list of these resources and things that you can do. Um, and like I said, you know, like there's something that you can do. It, it, you know, it might not be in your mind the biggest thing, but there's something that everybody can do. Another thing that people can do is, yo, know, if you see somebody hungry, feed them. <laughs> you know, it's a trip. I mean, you know, we out here in Cali. I mean, in, you know, in the Bay Area, Frisco, where I grew up, we have a lot of homeless people. You know, and um, you know, it's just it's interesting because not, I've given people food, and they're like, no, they've actually rejected the food. Wow. You know, and it's, yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, there's there is a spectrum, right? Of like folks who are out there on the street, um, and for different reasons, and. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's that's interesting. I also mean like your your home your homies too, you know, because I think that another thing, oh, of course, that, that, that this uh, what we go through are going through right now is that many times, you know, people are ashamed. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Where they are, you know what I'm saying, economically or, or due to certain circumstances. I know I've been there, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's hard for people to like ask for help you know so to recognize you know like in terms of you know building back up our communities our communities mean that you know we all eat you know you know what i'm saying yeah. so like you know you call a person over you you know you cook a big meal you just invite somebody over for dinner one time you know what i'm saying eat mm-hmm. in that way many times they can, they can save face also you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um, all these different ways you know because community wise back in the day you know Yo, there were 
big community dinners and stuff. I remember growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. well, I mean that's it, that's I mean across cultures, you know, like coming right. together, gathering and breaking bread. Like that's, you know, we're we're culture. You know, it's like the the center of that. You know, it's 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 around where so much tradition and um, just ritual happens. You know what I mean? And yeah. to take that away, right? It's another way to just break up families break up community break up that sense of um of culture and tradition you know and just have people become more go 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 robots you know um uh but anyways so the the two you know documentaries that i recommend one is called sustainable Okay. And it just really goes into just kind of describing the pro- even the process of how, um, you know, um, the food industry came about and just kind of wow. um, then leading into, um, you know, the movement towards a more sustainable food move, um, system. So it really focuses on, on the alternative, which I really like. Right. Um, so that's one and then the other one is called feel rich and that one is really cool because it speaks to um the hip-hop generation you know like that side that's me you know like my middle school high school experience was you know like i grew up on tupac you know like i was my teenage um soundtrack and so feel rich really focuses on just on you know how you grow up sometimes you know like our families were just doing the best with, with what they grew up so you know just we kind of grow into um bad habits sometimes bad eating habits bad food you know like they are people you know made something out to survive from the scraps that they were given right so now we're at a point where we know better so it's a process of kind of unlearning certain um things that may be so tied to our cultural traditions you know Right. So they really speak to that, you know, like, um, so it's, yeah, it's just, it's a really dope, um, documentary that kind of, it's, it's t- talks a lot about, um, the influence of food and just how it touches on different aspects of our lives. Word, word. Yeah, we definitely got to put links to those up, you know, on the site and we know we need to outline, we need to start outlining, you know, the future in the five years, we need to out- yes. start outlining that, the, the hood health documentary. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yes, we should. You know, we definitely should. From coast to coast, coast I start traveling. Should, to. <laughs> right? You know, I'm probably going to be in the bed tonight, like outlining. I'm be like, yeah, <laughs> right here. Gonna be a shot right here, like that. You know? But yes. yeah, no, definitely. You know, um, I'm definitely going to put those on the site because I think it's it's important to also understand that people process information in different ways. You know what I'm exactly. saying? You know, so some people hear a podcast, they can they can process the information like that. Some people might need, you know, a book. You know what I'm saying? Some people might need a series of articles. Some people might need a documentary. It's it's good mm-hmm. for people to understand that there's all these different resources. Yeah, we all have different learning styles. Right. You know, so it's good. You know, definitely good. You know, but that's that's food insecurity, but we just gotta bring back the security and the security like yeah. It's us taking you know? back our power, exactly taking back control of our food systems um, yeah. in a local way, you know, and in a more systematic way. Yep, and you know that kind of sustainability, you know, like we keep talking about that from a decolonized standpoint, 
it's really not on some level not reinventing the wheel because our our our, our ancestors did that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like none of their none of their civilizations, you know, the majority of them, there were a couple, but the majority of them was never like we're going to like over farm and over, you know, consume stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um and, and, and especially not in this hyper way that, you know, modern society has, you know? But we back, folks. You know, I know, I know, I know it was, it was a minute. You know, we still, we still have some technical difficulties that we're working with, but we back with the podcast and you're going to be hearing from us so much. So, Stay woke. Yeah, you better, yo. You know, I'm going to hit you with the water. You're going to be in the bed like, yo, wake up. You know, some of the pot of water on you. You know, but um, let's do it. All right. So All until right. next time. You know, peace, man. I will talk with you soon, as usual. You know. All, All right. right, everyone. Peace.